Hello and welcome to Dating Ladies, the book club of love. Your hosts, Barbara Ann, quote unquote, BB Duffy, and Vera Elizabeth, quote unquote, Fifi Duffy. Going to be joining you soon. This is Act Two of. Their review of the book, All the Fucking Mistakes by Gigi Angle. Just want to give you a little heads up. If you have not listened to part one, you might want to do that. There's a, some references in this episode to that episode, including their request for their listeners to send in dirty words so that they could cut them into their episode and not have to say them themselves. All right, we're about to get into it now. Welcome, sit back, relax, enjoy the next half hour of Dady Lady. Hey, Vera Elizabeth. Hi, Barbara Ann. Where are we? We are in a fancy San Fernando Valley neighborhood because in our last episode, in our intro, you told me how you found the actual Toluca Lake Uh and I was fucking furious. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you so mad about my dream lake? Uh, I'm mad because I grew, we grew up Toluca Lake adjacent and I always thought it was just a name. Well, I mean, we're coming at this from two completely different places because I know I'm going to end up living on this lake and you feel like you don't deserve this lake. I never said that. Have you read about this lake? Tell me about this lake. Vera is so (laughs) afraid that her car is going to go get towed. That's the kind of neighborhood we're in. My car, which is in front of another house, I know that they're like, whose car is that? We've never seen that car before. And then they're also saying there's that minivan again. Yeah. That's why we've padlocked up... (laughs) access to the lake because that crazy woman in her minivan we knew she'd bring friends now when you say padlock up the access what you're saying is like it it wasn't like there was a like a gate leading to a walkway what i saw was i got out of my car and then like this red carpet like rolled out and then some (laughs) angels were singing and then a cloud came by and I sat on the cloud and the cloud just drifted to the lake and brought me there and said, this is your home. That's what the cloud said. And that's I, what That was my experience last time I was here. Am I just coming at this from a place of lack? You know what? I think you might. I think you might want to change your mindset to one of abundance. You're right. I too could live on a lake. You know, it's the American way. You're just, you're not poor. You're a temporarily inconvenienced billionaire because your billions aren't here. When I was walking or when I was floating around (laughs) the premises last time, Uh I really felt like I was walking on top of where I was going to move a big Victorian mansion from some other place to this place because I don't want a modern house. I want an old house. They don't have, it's supposed to be really old money here though. Yeah. I mean, look around though. The, The new builds, I'm not so sure. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if I would take one of these new houses. I don't... (laughs) Someone would probably have to leave their old house for me to move here. This is really all just, like, a segue into our... um, I was going to say our Patreon. (laughs) Oh, our Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wait, send us money. We haven't set up our Patreon yet, but... Man, oh, man. (laughs) Help us get our lake house. So, 
So do you have a twin side burger? Yeah, it's a very important detail. I left off of my story about the van banger from last week. Where I was standing while he was fucking his van mm-hmm. uh, in front of my door. Mm-hmm. Ashley's back was to him, but I kept my eye on him. Mm-hmm. Like I kept tabs of where he was in case he was coming towards us. Mm-hmm. So that's how I knew when he had stopped and gotten back in the van. And as he started driving away, I did make eye contact with him. Really? I did, yes. He and I locked eyes as he drove by, and neither one of us looked away until he was out of sight. Oh. So that that's an important detail because... You didn't tell me that part. Yeah, I know. I, I, I didn't include it, but... I needed him to know that I that I knew he was there and that I was fucking with him the whole time. And also the next day, I re- or maybe even that night, I reported him to the police. Good. Twin sight. Mm-hmm. Twin sight. Speaking of people doing things that are illegal. Here's wait. the here's what we're gonna do. You just you have to roll under that fence like you own the place. You know, <laughs> no, <laughs> no <That's> hesitation. <laughs> okay, you got that. I think our educational system could do a little better. Um, They also teach you that you're always going to get pregnant, always, and you're always going to get an STD. And Gigi actually has a lot of good things to say about condoms. I was so absolutely terrified of having sex without nine levels of protection that it was like anxiety inducing for many years. Little did I know I would not be able to have babies without spending tens of thousands of dollars on IVF. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I felt. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> Joke's on me. So did you have an STI? Yes. Moving on to chapter five. Here's the story. Before I talk about an STI, there's some stuff about being bi, because she is bi. She identifies as bi. And I thought she was very much on the mark with that. The discrimination that you experience. Um, this is going to lead into my section about how awful doctors are. Mm-hmm. To contradict my story about healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mentioned in my um, my little intro last time about coming out and not getting support. Mm-hmm. And probably the first authority figure I ever told, if you want to call a doctor or a nurse an authority figure, um, that I was by this woman, this doctor. She asked me if I'm sexually active. And I don't. she did not say, how do you identify? But whatever it was, it led me to say I'm by. And so she, she said out loud. And then I corroborated this when I... I went to go get my paperwork years later. Mm-hmm. I saw this written in there. Promiscuous. <laughs> Wait, so she said that, so to your face, she said. Yeah, so you engage so she, in risky behavior. She translated by into promiscuous. Yes. The first time you say that out loud, and that's the feedback you get from someone who's paid to. Somebody who's been trained in healthcare, whose job it is to tell you how to be healthy and safe. Yes. I assumed she knew more than me, so I don't know. It was just fucked up. But um, she was not the last uh, piece of shit that I talked to about my sexual health. I'd gone in to see a doctor years later. Like, this is 10 years ago, maybe 15. And I'd gone in for, like, a lady problem. And the woman said to me, she was someone I hadn't seen before, and she goes, Do you think it could be herpes? And, and you're like, who's the doctor here? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't know what herpes are. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I had no idea what she was talking about. So she said, I'm going to give you a herpes test. So I was like, okay, I guess. And she gave me a herpes test and then called me to let me know that I indeed have herpes. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting that phone call and uh, ha- had done zero research in the interim and started researching because I that sounded like a really big deal to me. And what I read was like it's a lifelong virus that you're 
lives at the base of your spine or uh, somewhere else if it's oral herpes. So it lays dormant and it comes out with stress and you have it forever. Yes. And you have to tell every partner you're going to have. Um, you'll have lesions all over your... Um, Goody. Anyway, so I was like floored. I hadn't had unprotected sex recently. I didn't know how I could have gotten it. Strangely enough, the thing I went in for was not a lesion. So what you're saying is you went to a psychic, a psych doc, psychic doctor MD. After I got over the shock of it, because this to me was like also, as I've mentioned before, I was looking to have the children with somebody and I and like, you know, settle down with somebody. And the idea of like starting off every talk with a potential partner with I have herpes was very distressing to me. So I went back and talked to her about it. And you came with me. I did come with you. Because she's also prescribed me medication that would have cost $50 a month for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't think I have this because I have never had a lesion anywhere. I didn't have a lesion then. Could you help me understand this? And she just, she stood by her story. She was awful. When you told me that, okay, so anybody who gets a diagnosis of herpes, usually it's going to be because you have something visible. It's very distressing. I mean, I have friends who have active herpes virus. Herpes is cold sores. It's like, yeah. at this point, I don't want to interrupt. Go ahead. It's, it's distressing because there's stigma, which, as we know, is silly as fudge. But because of doctors like that, I remember we went in because, well, you had told me you'd gotten this diagnosis, which I was very surprised by because, as you've said, like there's, you, never, you didn't have a visual outbreak. So it was surprising. I did a ton of research on it. And the stuff that I was finding out was like, it can be easily transmitted. Like there's a lot of scary information out there about herpes. It can be active before you even know, you know, there's just, it's scary. Yeah. It's a scary diagnosis for people. I, I had a friend who had been diagnosed not too long ago prior to this. And he was very upset. Like he yeah. it really changed his life and he knows exactly where he got it from. And it was, it was just like a one off kind of thing. And it really, really devastated him. I mean, at this point he was living with it and had it under control, but you know, you're my twin sister and to see you potentially go through this process as well was very distressing to me. So you and I, I did our research and then we went in and we talked to this doctor and I had a list of questions, you know, and we were going to sit there with this doctor and we were going to ask her these questions and we we're going to get answers and we we're going to feel better because a person who had knowledge was going to share it with us. And basically what she did, what her response was, do you remember what it was? No. Okay. Her response was, was to have you take an AIDS test. <laughs> okay. So what? Do you, you don't remember that? No, I don't remember that. Yes, that was her response. So her response to me coming in with a bunch of questions to try and get the actual facts and put our minds to rest, like, okay, if we have to curfews, we're going to have to deal with this. We're going to have to figure out, oh my you God. know, what your treatment's going to be, or you know. She and just wanted me to suffer. She did. That was her only agenda was to see you suffer. Absolutely fucking incredible. Yeah. And then so what we figured out was, you know, the statistic about like 80% of people have herpes or 90% or whatever it is. That's true. Yeah. Because people get herpes all the time. You kissed your grandmother or whatever. When you're a little kid, you got the virus. Maybe it, you had an outbreak once and it laid dormant and nothing ever happened again. Yeah. If well, yeah, I, I went back and got tested two more times trying to get answers because, you know, I thought the lesions are supposed to come once a month and it's been a month and nothing happened. So it's, this is not a new thing, whatever it is. So I got tested two more times and both times the doctor said, uh, it's going to come back positive. I'm like, but I need answers. And then finally one of them said, everybody has this. <laughs> yeah. It's herpes one and two. One is oral and two is... Da-e. They're so intermingled at this point. So you could have had a cold sore as a child and then it's just in your blood and yeah. it will never... 
it just if you want to ruin your day go get a herpes test <laughs> they, well it's why it's not a standard test yeah, you get chlamydia you get gonorrhea or whatever herpes is never issued standard because it's going to come back positive and in this book it says that you just are not given a herpes test because it will give you stress yeah. and actually um, I got a full panel recently and the herpes test came back negative <laughs> So I don't think anything's changed in my blood. I think it's just that whatever the standard is for that. You're saying they've probably been revised to be a little To be more, a little more realistic. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, so if I had listened to her, I would have spent how much money these last 15 years, 50 bucks a month taking medication I didn't need to take. Also telling every partner I had, which I do anyway, just because like, you know, I'm going to start doing human. that too. Because yeah. <laughs> if you have it, then I have it. Okay. I accepted my new life and I just started dating someone Uh who I didn't think was great, but I was like, you know, I was very open and this person was pressuring me for sex. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to really step into this and be responsible. And so I told this person that I got a herpes diagnosis and um, didn't hear back from him right away. And he eventually called me and he said, look, when I'm around you, I want to fuck you. Mm, yeah. And um, I can't fuck you, so I don't want to be around you anymore. Oh my god. Um, Thank you. It was, <laughs> it was so painful to hear. That had been my nightmare for all of my adult dating life. Having someone tell me that I'm only valuable for sex was my fucking nightmare. What a, what a peach. You know what? I'm just going to say he could not have gift-wrapped his disgusting personality more beautifully and put it on a silver tray and handed it to you. No shit. And it changed my life in that that was no longer a fear for me at all. Because um, the worst person in the world had rejected you in the yes. worst possible way. Like, to actually hear those words spoken, yeah, it was like devast- It was like a huge punch in the gut, and then and then it has no power over me anymore. I think I would not want to have that experience over and over and over again, though, if I say I was someone with herpes who liked to date pieces of shit. Right. Like, that mm-hmm. was my, like, oof. Yeah. Pieces of shit really turned me on. That going through that for 15 years would also be a well, be problematic for many reasons. But anyway, I'm just trying to give you that illustration. I probably didn't need to go through that experience, no. but I did because this, this horrible woman wanted me to, to feel shame. Well, I think to sum up, I don't know if I mentioned already earlier in this podcast, but American healthcare, you really have to advocate for yourself. I mean, you and I did everything that we were supposed to do. We did our research. We got our information. You're so sweet, Whitney. <laughs> God. I still have books in my Amazon queue about <laughs> about dealing with herpes. They had like these little plush herpes dolls oh. that I was going to buy. And send it is, it to I you. mean, really, like it changes your life to think that you have a lifelong diagnosis. Yes. And part of that, as we discussed, I mean, there's the stigma attached to it. But you actually didn't have that diagnosis and that doctor wanted you to feel really bad. I'm so glad you blocked that out because it was horrifying. All right. Well, so that was chapter five. You want to move on to chapter six, which is masturbate me straight to paradise. 142. Hey, Barbara, you and I both worked at a place that sold copious amounts of porn. We did. We had the super cool video store clerk job. Can we say what the video store is? Yeah, because they're gone now. It's called Odyssey Video in North Hollywood. Anyone who grew up in the valley knows Odyssey Video. Big 
yellow. Uh, yellow and red sign. At the oh, I think there's one in West LA too. Is there? Yeah. Corner of Camarillo, Lancashire, and Vineland. Yeah. Can't miss it. Well, you can now because it's gone. Um, it's it was it had all the coolest videos, and then all the employees had you know piercings and dyed hair, and it was like I really want to work there. Oh, I did too. And they had on the sign big advertisement for Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. All porn videos and 99 cents. And when we first started going there, they had a porn room, like a little side thing, like in the back, like you'd have to go into a... The saloon doors? The saloon doors or the, whatever it was, the beads. And uh, we started going there when we were teenagers, not to the porn room, but just to get videos because it was a really fantastic video store. And over the years, we noticed that the porn room but it started off as like a closet. All of a sudden, <laughs> now it's more like uh, two closets next to each other now it's uh half the store <laughs> so the porn room kept growing and growing and that is due to their tuesday thursday and sunday special where you could get porn videos for 99 cents not dvds at that point right yeah it was a big heavy videotapes yeah so you worked there when you were how old i think it was the summer after high school ended because you worked there i worked there this for a while after college ended but they had a limit on the number of porns you could get and do you remember what that number was it was 20 <laughs> oh <laughs> that might have been i just remember seeing men with these stacks of video or like when we put videos back we'd have to put okay them. not me i would take a basket i would yeah so the the clerks that worked there they like the the guys like the veterans when they went to put videos back they would extend their left arm and just stack as many videos as they could squish between their chin and their hand, their wrist, and it was probably about 15 videos, right? 15 or 20? Yeah. I never did that, because I could not stand to have a porn video that close to my face. Did so you I have to put them back in the back room? Because I think I mostly got like regular I, mainstream I, videos to yeah, put back. Yeah, they rarely sent me to the back, yeah. but when I did have to put them back, I'd put them in a basket. So um, let me set up the scene a little bit, okay? Basically, people returned their videos. They had to return them by a certain time or else they're going to get charged. So they had a slot on the outside for people to just put the videos in, right? Yes. So they could either do that or if they had multiple videos, sometimes they would bring them in like in a bag and just leave them on the counter. Did you have any experiences with that? I had a guy come in, speaking of lesions, covered in lesions and drop off a bag. The lesions were fine. It's the bag that was like, to this day, I can remember what it smelled like when I opened it. Mm. And it was just like dripping. The whole fucking bag was dripping with all these videos in there. It was nauseating and life-changing. So the men that worked there for a really long time, they had terminology for this type of thing. And that situation, in case you don't remember, it was called being slimed. Oh, we used to put, yeah, so we'd put notes on accounts. I remember putting a note on my mom's account. D yeah, warn customer next time that if she returns her tapes back it, uh, covered in uh, Vaseline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really liked working there. And I actually, the important section was like the bread and butter of the store. So you couldn't hate on it. And the people that went and got videos, this is like before internet porn, before DVDs, before Pornhub and all that kind of stuff. So dudes would have, to, and ladies, but mostly dudes, this was their time to go get their porn, right? There's like no other time for them to do it. I mean, you could go to like a sex store, but this was a video store, like a cool video store. So I think people felt comfortable going in there. That's why we all had blue hair and shit, because they wanted people who work there who were not intimidating. Yeah, except for I felt really bad. Like there'd be guys who would not want me to check them out and they would kind of hold back and I'd be like, next. Next, next. And they'd be like, uh, 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 uh. And the first couple of times it happened, I'd be like, what's up? I'm free. They didn't want me, a girl, a 21-year-old girl, checking them out because they didn't want me to see the porn. That, yeah, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit because it's like, I'm not going to judge you. I never judged anybody for what they got. Maybe he was trying to be a gentleman. I don't know. Maybe he was like, this uh, young girl doesn't need to see this. Like, I didn't really have bad experiences working with the porn stuff. I didn't either, aside from that fucking bag. But yeah. Literally, um, that bag that got fucked. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, when I was done working there, my parting gift was a porn video, and I gave it to my mom. <laughs> Look, here's one you can keep. You can do whatever the fuck you want to it. <laughs> Dirty, nasty woman. <laughs> um, she was she was like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I did rent. Well, I didn't rent. I took, and then it got stolen from me. But we had a part. You had a house party while I was working there, and you. It was like a vintage. I forget what the theme of the party Opium was. Opium den. Opium den. And so um, my coworker Kelly, he came with me to the party, and we stopped by Odyssey before we went and got some videos, and we picked up Blue Vanities. Yeah, like, they're like all these old vintage like Betty Page kind of stuff. Oh, Right? Yeah, like black and white, like yeah. old, old-timey vintage porn. And there are these compilations called Blue Vanities. And I, I think I took a couple of those tapes. And we played them at the party. And then whoever lent the VCR to you took the tape with them. Oh, of course. I know. And they were like, oh, it was the most frustrating conversation because I'm like, I know you have this. <laughs> I know you have it, okay? It's a porn. <laughs> I know you have it. There's no way you don't have it. No, I don't, I don't know what uh -huh. you're talking about. I really need it back. Yeah. <laughs> I need it back. Because at that I point, there's just one of them, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> Look, they're going to notice it's missing because there's 7,000 deep dicking videos here, <laughs> but there's only one blue vanity. So you need to give it back to me. So that launches us into our porn section of this. We're skipping through a lot of really good stuff to yeah, tell you stories about ourselves. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I told Vera that I would be watch some porn. Mm -hmm. And because um, she mentions Trenchcoat X in this book. Gigi mentions. Yeah. yeah. Is that a website or a company or what? It was because I did look it up and it's defunct, but it was like curated. I think uh, I don't remember, but like curated content for. Oh, oh, what you could do is you could tag videos with stuff that you liked or didn't like. So you wouldn't all of a sudden, which I think is brilliant because because of all the sexual trauma that America and the world has experienced. Um, maybe you don't want to see, you know, something specific that would remind you of an awful experience that you had. So I thought that was really good. Plus, you could mark what you do like. It's dead, but one of the creators I realized was a porn actress named Stoya. And I. Who is America's sweetheart. She Everybody is. Everybody loves her. I know what she looks like. I've seen, actually, I've seen one scene of hers. She looks fun. She has an advice column. Yes. Yeah. My experience with porn has been largely due to several partners who loved porn and I indulged them because it was so important to them. and um, It's important to a lot of people. Yeah. I had very mixed experiences with it because most porn, especially at that time, was not geared towards women and is actually, if you watch it, I had, I had a boyfriend not too long ago say, porn is violence. And that's that's why it's, because I was going like, why, why is this a, an issue or whatever? I mean, aside from like, it can be used to create blocks to intimacy. But he summed it up, porn is violence. And I kind of agree with most of that based on what I've, most of what I've seen, which is sex that is not, that, there's no way that feels good to the woman. <laughs> but um, I do remember Stoya and she was like the thing that I grabbed onto, like, oh, here's this cool woman and she's really beautiful. And um, I remember researching her a bit then. Then I saw her name attached to trench coat X uh -huh. and I wanted to see what she was up to now. While I failed in actually watching some porn, I'm just not, it's just, not, I'm not in that place right now. As I was trying to find her stuff, I like, I did come across like a website where there's just like scrolling images and it just really made me sad. The pink, pinkness of it all. <sighs> Basically what I'm trying to say is I would, I would encourage everyone to, um, to watch these videos I found of Stoya reading her fucking memoirs in a bookstore. She is so funny and smart and insightful, and she is a porn actress. And if you feel like you're struggling with your issues surrounding porn, please watch this human being. Be a human being and and understand that that's the person that you're watching getting fucked. And I don't know, maybe it will help you. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like, 
see porn in a way that isn't dehumanizing to women. Yeah. If you maybe are struggling with seeing porn as something that you like because it dehumanizes women. Yeah. Porn is not a part of my life at all. Except for when you watched it yesterday. I Let's did. hear about it. Well, I just, having worked in a video store with a large porn section, like I came out of that not any more curious. I mean, as I said, I gave away my porn video. Like it's just not something I was attracted to. I'm sure that there is good porn out there. I don't actually have the time to go research it though. Yeah. I don't think you research porn, Vera. I think don't you, you though? No, I, I mean to find really the stuff. bothered and then you. Well, okay. So let's talk about last night I read an article. Okay. There reason I in the New Yorker hold on hold on hold on and one of the reasons that I have never been into porn is for the exact same reason that I never had casual sex which is I'm afraid of catching a virus like I'm afraid of my computer (laughs) exploding Uh or because I get these emails that are like uh uh, we're very happy that we have your password and email address we finding you watching video and take video of you watching video and now we blackmail you hee <laughs> hee and I'm always like uh, it didn't happen because I've no, I don't watch porn on my oh. computer mm-hmm. that stuff freaks me out so I, I read an article can I get a virus from going to Pornhub probably not don't click on the ads I went to Pornhub scrolled through found a video it was like small busted small Vera, Vera is staring off into space yeah small titted yeah. Latina <laughs> Emily Willis uh, with co-worker and they were two, so the scene is there are two cops in like a room, and I think they just found like the biggest fingerprint that's ever existed or something, uh-huh. something to crack the case wide open. And they're uh-huh. very excited, so they're going to celebrate. And she opened the dude's pants and started blowjobbing him, mm-hmm. blowing his blowing jobs. Mm-hmm. And then he stopped her, and then he put his hand down her pants. And then, but like the camera sort of cut that part off. Like you couldn't really see what was happening. Uh-huh. And then they just had like a lot of sex and more blowjobs. Uh-huh. And so I'm watching, it's a 20 minute video. So I'm like, okay, like I'm watching, watching, watching. And then I just like sort of scroll past because I'm like, okay, I want to see when they get to her. And then <laughs> and it keeps going, keeps going. And then at the end, you know, he comes on her face because that's what always happens. And I felt like I'd vicariously live through like a really disappointing experience. <laughs> Your own exactly. Like experience. that was the feeling I had at the end. I was like, "Oh, so you're not going to get to me." Like that was my experience watching this video. <laughs> so when I talk about needing to research porn, like I'm not going to be watching another one of those videos yeah. because nothing ever happened for her. And him sticking his hand down her pants. And they didn't even show it. Was no, it pants? It was inside. No, it was inside her. Like she did. Her pants were still on. I was like, "Yeah, he's getting. He's his hand is on her. <laughs> not Im- not important enough to show." Yeah. So I know there's got to be porn out there where the woman... Right? Yes. Okay. That was not this video, and I don't have another 20 minutes or even another 10 minutes that I get to scroll through really quickly to see that not happen. So again, like, I, I'm not into it still. Even after watching one video, I'm still not into it. <laughs> well, that's that's the American way. <laughs> you should tweet about it, too. <laughs> I dedicated 10 minutes to this thing. Yeah. Hey, and I'm an expert. <laughs> I was just reminded that we did watch porn together with um, our friend Mary and our friend Jeff because Mary was in the video. Do you remember? Oh, (laughs) what was that one about? There was a gangbang in it that was that we were all just I think we were a little bit upset about. Oh, no, it was a fisting. Uh, oh no, I don't remember that. Mary was in the video. Yeah, what was she doing? She was like a reporter or something. Like she had a <laughs> she had a suit on. She was like in an office, like or she, she was, was questioning an somebody. Extra? I didn't know they had. She extras. had lines. Oh, she did. Yeah, <laughs> but she had a straight part. Is that a terminology in porn? I wish I knew. Okay. <laughs> you know, honestly, I want to be I want to be in a place in my life where porn would be fun. I think that would be fun. I'm a little cut off. Do you right think now. it would make you lonely? The porn would make me lonely. Yeah, because you wouldn't be up. You'd just you'd be by your you'd feel lonely by yourself. Uh. Probably not.
Thank you again for listening to Act Two of Daily Ladies' review of all the fucking mistakes. By Gigi Ingle. We've got some great stuff lined up for you. A whole bunch of new topics next week. Act three, final act of this book. So what's coming up for you? We've got Stoya's grandma. Corrupted naked photos and bum bum sex cloud. After that, stock photo dick pics. Conmarine vibrators, boomers who feel like making love. And listen up for the secret of rocking your role. You cheated yourself like you knew you would, and four years of faking it. Are you a booze hound? You're gonna wanna find out if you are. What BB wants. And speaking of BB, BB and Fifi propose to Gigi. That's all coming up in Act 3 next week. Tune in. Thank you so much. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. You give us five stars. You write up a little review. You find us on Instagram at Daity Ladies. You find the Poobell Twins on Facebook. And don't be too disappointed that we never post on Facebook. Drop us a DM. Share this information with your friends. I think I already said subscribe, but subscribe again if you'd like with a different email account. That's possible, I don't know. And listen to all the other episodes and then and also listen to all the episodes coming up. Thank you so much.